delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is on the grid. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Grid here on my podcast house.com or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. A big show coming your way again. Garnet Patterson. Do you know him? You may not. If you don't, he is an endurance driver, he's a GT driver, and he's talking to us about his career right here on the grid. Richard Crowell will join me in just a sec with that. Also, Mark Walker to join us. We'll have a chat about what's happened in the week of sport and a massive story coming out of supercars in regards to, well, let's call it silly season starting early. All that's come right here on the grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On the grid. And as we always do, we say good day to Richard Quayle off the top of the program. Hello, Richard. Hello, Tony Shebecki. Once again, once more into the breach. Another big week of motorsport this week. Shannon yeah. Speed Series at Queensland Raceway. It's a bit of a blockbuster meeting. Uh, we'll be looking at that. We'll be looking at an equally large race meeting. To be fair, probably slightly bigger in Indianapolis with... A bunch of Aussies and a Kiwi in action in IndyCar and NASCAR and some racing on the Oval over there as well. Uh, yeah, lots going on. Looking forward to getting stuck into it. Yes, certainly am. Uh, while you were up there sunning it on the Gold Coast for the moment. Well, it's not, it's not though. <laughs> it's oh, it? incredibly depressing for Queensland weather, Shebex. I'm not going to lie to you. Very disappointing. That is, that is very, very sad. But... We do have a guest, as we always do off the top of the show, and he's a race winner with the uh, Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia this year. Uh, and he's been driving with Yasser Shahin as well in the uh, EMA Motorsport Porsche 911 GT3R. Garnet Patterson joins us for a chat. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Well, it's been a pretty good year. Yeah, it's gone all right. Um, yeah, certainly got some good runs on the board. Some been some good results, some bad results. But yeah, in general, I think our worst result this year is a fifth at Sydney. So um, yeah, pretty happy. I mean, obviously, always want more, but. I think we're in a pretty decent spot. We're, we're pretty close going into the next few rounds. So I think it's, uh, yeah, certainly up for the taking. Good to talk to you, GP. Now, part of the reason we got you on the show was to talk about your drive at Sydney Motorsport Park last week. But part of the reason as well was that performance and your drives this year in GT and in Carrera Cup uh, have caused a lot of people to go, who's this Garnett Patterson bloke? So... We wanted to get to know you a little bit better, so the fans out there that have been watching your impressive driving can can learn a little bit more about you. But let's just go back to Sydney a couple of weeks. Uh, closing stages in the Porsche, you've taken over. You've got Richie Stanaway, who goes all right behind the wheel of a race car, hunting you down in a big Mercedes. Uh, and you went at it for 15 minutes in what was a just an outstanding motor race, and you held on. Just... Tell us about that victory and, and how big a deal that was because it was a cracking, cracking car race. Yeah, it was good fun, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I guess we can talk more later about what, what you've said with, I guess, my previous history, which kind of will explain a bit of the picture. But, yeah, it was a great race. I knew he would be coming hard. Um, we, we didn't have new tyres. I knew Richie and, and Jamie both had had greens for the pit stop, which is always nice as a pro to get in with a green set of tyres. So I knew those boys would be coming pretty hard at the end. But, yeah, I just had to had to do do my job and execute the best I can with what I had. And I think we pretty much did that. I mean, he, he definitely had the pace. Whenever someone's catching you at second a lap, you know, you know you're in trouble. But 
yeah, I just used it straight to the Porsche basically to to my my advantage, and yeah, had a had a good race, defended well, and we had a few few hits, but yeah, nothing serious, and and uh, I think it was pretty clean clean race, and and definitely the fans loved it for sure. The amount of the phone certainly lit up pretty hard after that race. Well, so it should have because it was awesome. But th- there were two key elements of GT racing in that finish. One was the lap traffic, and two yeah. was what you mentioned about the the various strengths and weaknesses of the various cars. And that's part of the joy of GT3 racing. Even with balance of performance, they still end up doing the same lap time. So talk to both of those. Firstly, the, the performance of the Porsche. Where, where were you better than the Merc and where were you really struggling? And then tell us a little bit about dealing with all that traffic at the end because that was pretty wild. Yeah, certainly exciting. Um, I, I guess the Porsche's strength was, was uh, it's normally very good in high speed and good with traction. Um, the Merc... I generally say with BOP at the moment, <clears throat> excuse me, is the, is the, is the car to have. Um, the Porsche is certainly very hard to drive and with the Australian BOP, we're kind of under the pump a little bit. And it's even unfortunately worse this weekend at uh, Queensland Raceway. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the Porsche strength, I just had to basically execute a, a good exit out of turn two and coming on the main straight, try and slow Richie up and make sure he couldn't get a run on me. And, and yeah, that was, the, that was the main thing. Just have a good gap through four and five where he was super strong in the middle sector. So um yeah did that did what we needed to do and yeah obviously got the got the got the bickies at the end i'm not sure if you've seen the race replay at all from the coverage uh, <clears throat> but quite a one of the funniest points of the race i thought was the situation where i think you just hopped in the car and liam talbot had just hopped out and there was this massive smile happy man all that sort of stuff but the, your garage was right next door to theirs and Yasser Shahin was just back in the chair just <laughs> chilled knowing what was coming up he was all right about it It was just it was a really good vision you, know, you had this Liam was just so happy with the, the drive and all that and Yasser just going yeah just wait just wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think Yasser's uh he obviously had a bit of confidence in me which is always nice as a teammate but um yeah I mean to touch on what you said Crowley with the, the lap traffic at the end that was it was certainly interesting. I was I was actually hoping there would be more of that, to be honest. Um, mm. I, I tried to basically – I did a lap time. I knew what I, I thought would would do best for hold on to the tyre. And I was kind of hoping to to back back Richie up. I wanted to get him to about a second away from me so I could try and feed him some dirty air, to be honest, which worked mm. well. And, um, yeah, sort of keep him there. But but the traffic at the end, that, that was great. I, I kind of liked that. It, it sort of helped me, to be honest. And, and from what I'm used to with sports cars and, and racing, you know, like LMP2 and – when you're racing against, you know, LMP3 and GT3, which are obviously the slowest cars that I'm, I'm used to being against, which I'm now in as well. Um, yeah, it's it's in that sort of endurance racing, it's all about, you know, positioning the car in the right spot, knowing when to back off, give people a gap so you can get a run on them. You want to try and effectively do your lap time without losing lap time. So so that was the whole aim at the end, just put the car in the right spot. And, yeah, hopefully it yeah, all worked well. So happy days. Are you enjoying driving with Yasser? I know you're probably not going to say no. I hate it, but uh, what what what's that? What's it like? Uh, he, he's an intense individual, but as an AM driver, he's one of the quickest guys in the paddock. So, what yeah. what's that relationship like? And and <clears throat> what what are you what are you getting out of driving for him? And and what do you think or hope he's getting out of of driving with you? And in that whole pro AM formula that is GT three racing. Yeah, I mean, as you would know, I've I've done a lot of work with him probably the last four or five years, which most people don't know behind the scenes. Even though he was racing the Audi and, and with Garth and Meese and all those guys in the background, I was always coaching him in the Radical and, you know, his Formula Renaults he has here and, and stuff like that. So we've sort of 
yeah, had a long relationship. It's just, I guess this year people see that we're actually racing together and we're in the same car. So yeah, I mean, to touch on that, I think we, we know each other well, we know our strength weaknesses, what, what I know what he needs in the car and like all them sort of things. It's not always about what the pro needs. I guess it's great to have a car that suits you, but you need to obviously have a car that suits the M and, and our, our game always is to have the best package, not so much the fastest car for me or the fastest car for him. We want to be, we want to be competitive. So that's the main thing. You just got to know what people tick and for mm-hmm. sure is intense. I love it. Uh, that for me, that's great. If someone's intense, that means they're passionate. And, and if someone's passionate about going racing, then for me, that's great. Um, I, I don't want to have a, have a week, a weekend where it's about going out and having a wine. Um, I want to be there for the results. So it's up my alley to be honest. Uh, tell us about your deal with United Autosports as well. Of course, you're driving the Asian Le Mans series with Yasser uh, <clears throat> as well as, as Oliver. Uh, they, they seem like one of the better teams to be with. Yeah, super professional. Um, obviously raced with those guys last year as well in Le Mans Cup in P3. Yeah, great team. Obviously, Zach Brown, Richard Dean, um, they obviously have a link with Wilkinshaw here, but um, yeah, I would say they're one of the top sports car teams and, and teams in general in the world, very professional. Um, and, and when you get to race with guys like that, it it's certainly adds a level to your driving and, and, and it, to be around people like that, it's, yeah, it's a premium, right? It's, um, it just in, increases your performance, you know, your what, what you need to do. And, and until your environment's like that as a driver, you don't know what, what top teams, you know, work at. But, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, but it must also be, there must be that feeling of being a part of a, not just a, a smaller team, but a, a part of a worldwide team. I mean, you obviously have some sort of little bit of ownership in yourself of what happens with Wilkinshaw, with what happens with McLaren, all that sort of stuff, because you're a part of that group. Yeah, I mean, I don't get too much into, I haven't really been into the supercar side of it, to be fair. It's it's more what happens in Europe. Um but yeah, there's certainly links with Zach and McLaren being there, done that sort of stuff with them. So it's it's definitely cool to be involved with that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say, mate. Really, they're just a, yeah. a very slick operation. They do a very good job, and and to be on the inside and that and see how it all works is is pretty cool for sure. As a kid growing up, that's kind of the environment I always wanted to be in. So certainly pretty cool when you're there, and you just want to make sure you stay there effectively. Yeah, good good bunch of Yorkshiremen running. You know, they, they, and they like their they like their tea crazy, but they're they, uh, they're they do. They they uh they were looking after our catering at the twenty four hours at Le Mans this year, and we had access okay. to their hospitality suite. My God, they they outstanding world class food. I could do a podcast on the United Autosport catering team at that race. They were a fantastic bunch of blokes. Very very cool. Yeah. Um. Those in Australia will be, I suppose, reintroducing themselves to you because uh, for a, a, a pro driver, you haven't spent an enormous amount of time racing professionally here. Um, your career has taken you to all sorts of different places around the world, as we've touched on. And I think a lot of people that followed open wheel racing might remember you. And the last time you really raced regularly here was Australian Formula 3, circa 2014 against... Mm-hmm. The likes of Simon Hodge and Ben Jozakowski and a couple of others. So, just just since Formula Three, give us the uh, give us the quick summary of of where your career is taking you because you've had an opportunity to do some really cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's been uh, if I look back at twenty fourteen, I probably wouldn't think I've gone as far as I had based off the circumstances I was in. So, as you know, yeah, we just ran our family team back then. Um, my my family effectively a three car. 
Um, and yeah, went from there. I did Asian Formula Renault two liter in 2015, and that went really well. Pretty much, yeah, come vice champion in that championship. Missed the last round. Could have won the series if I did the whole round, but ran out of budget effectively. Is the uh, the honest answer and. Mm. Yeah, from there I got a, a good a shootout opportunity with some other pro drivers in in the next year in 20, uh, 2016 for LMP3 um, and was lucky enough, and I shouldn't say that because you create your own luck, I believe, but yeah, was the quickest guy for that and uh, effectively got me in a pro in the Pro-Am lineup for LMP3 in 2016 and sort of from then on I, I just focused on doing a good job, not crashing cars, um, do, all the, do all the right things correctly and and ever since then i've sort of always been in pro-am or pro pro championships in uh, lmp3 lmp2 um bit of G- gt3 i hadn't really driven much gt3 up until this year done a little bit of stuff some 12 hour races and stuff like that but yeah this is really the first year i've i've had a full season in a gt3 car so yeah going from from f3 in australia to um to doing all that sort of stuff it's been um it's been a, a big journey but uh, looking back on it now, it's been great, and to to race with people like you know, EMA Muntai support in in G three here, good team. Same I'd say with United. So the last few years have been in in good environments with good resources, and certainly um yeah, certainly helps helps you as a driver to have people su- supporting you uh, around you. Now, Carl's is not going to like me saying this, but as a former champion of Formula Three, uh, are you saddened by the demise of the category here in Australia? I am in a way, um, for sure. They're just great cars. And, and I mean, anyone that's raced them would know, I think they're probably the the best car for that sort of, yeah, for, for that power rate, the way it handles. Yes, the lap times know when it's quick as a, a current F3, FA F3 car, but the cars are light, they're nimble, they do everything correctly. And, and I think a lot of the cars, open wheel cars, have just got too heavy now um underpowered they might have more power but they have more weight and that's not really the answer so i I think that that golden era of f3 with the delara car from you know let's say 2007 to 2015 is is probably still still one of the best eras of cars i mean i've driven every delara f3 car from 1993 to 2013 honestly i've driven every car there's you know three year period four year period between each car year depending you know like 2001 maybe to 2004 was two years but um, yeah, I've driven all of them from H pattern straight through to sequential, and uh, they're just great cars. They do everything correctly, and, and I sort of feel like that's missing a little bit now. Uh, you live in Adelaide now, and I know you spend a lot of time out at the Bend. But but just tell the listener who might not be aware of your background before that, because as you mentioned, you, you did go racing with your family, and I know state level wings and slicks and, and open wheelers in New South Wales, and then into the national series as well. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, grew up near Tamworth, a little country town called Werris Creek. Um, not very big, crazy, 1,200 mm. people, pretty like small. It. Yeah, family owned the, the, well, we own a service station slash mechanical workshop, which my parents still operate now, um, passed down through the family. My pop started it in the early 1900s, so yeah. definitely been around for a long time. Um, and, yeah, so just always worked there with my dad, um, did that. While I was uh, while I was at school, got a job in the council. Believe it or not, drove excavators for two or three years while yeah, I was right. while I was doing F three. So driving excavator through the day, preparing an F three car overnight. Um, I had to work on the cars myself. That was always a deal from when I was sort of sixteen onwards, fifteen, sixteen. 
Um, the only thing my dad would do is the gearboxes. So yeah, had to had to learn the hard way. And looking back on it now, I don't regret it. I see mm. um, I see there's a good value that a lot of kids coming through the ranks don't kind of have based on knowing how team owners operate, even big people like United. Um, people like you to know what's going on with the car. Um, so yeah, did that pretty much, and and that's that's how I got into it. To the to I got to a stage where I could do enough, you know, driver training work, race coaching, um, to go off and effectively run my own business as a driver um, from there. So, yeah, it's never easy. It's not beer and Skittles like everybody knows, but I think if you want it, it doesn't matter where you come from. And, and growing up in a little town with 1,200 people, everyone sort of thought I was mad to, to think I was going to be, you know, a professional driver. Um, but, yeah, it just goes to show those, those sort of stories. Are, you meet lots of people through multiple sports and a lot of people have the similar story, right? Yeah, well said. LMP3 driver, uh, sports car driver and the like. Would, would I be wrong in saying that your favourite track's probably Le Mans? Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of people think it's boring. I don't think it's boring doing 300 k's an hour on a, <laughs> on the Molsan. Um I think the heritage there, there, the track is good. I think it would be very different without the chicanes, but mm. for sure it's it's probably one of my favourite tracks. I'd, I'd put it at Bathurst, um, Spa. Haven't done too much at the Nürburgring. Hope to do a bit more there in the next kind of couple of years. Hopefully in a GT car, but even just doing laps around there, I think for me they're probably the the top four tracks in the world. Uh, what what's next, mate? What what do you want to tick off, and and where where <clears throat> do you want to go with this? And obviously you want to help Yas win a GT World Challenge title this year in Australia would be a big tick, but. Um, do you guys look at Bathurst 12 hour? Do you guys look at obviously some more Asian Le Mans, which would be really cool? Uh, what, what's in the pipeline? Yeah, I think separate to that, uh, I've got a bit going on the next few months over, over in Europe myself, which I can't speak too much about yet, but that'll be out in the next mm. couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, f- for me, I, I just want to be in good environments. So if that's if that's trying to get in Europe next year full time, um, I would love to do a full year in LMP2 as well as GT3. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of – it's that time of the year, right? Silly season, as you like to say. So, yep. don't know at the moment. Definitely plenty of options around. Um, trying to make something happen that's concrete in the next few months is, is probably the the whole the whole deal, right? So, yeah, I, I would love nothing more than to be in a, a good lineup. Definitely a 12-hour really would excite me after, mm. after going there this year. I mean, I'd never race there in a GT car, so – I was pretty happy in the Sunday race to do a, I don't know, 3-3 three, three or whatever it was yeah. on the DHE. So um, that kind of made a few people excited. So I think with a few more laps around there sort of would be, be pretty handy at the 12 hour. So, Definitely. yeah, it's it's all on the table at the moment. So see what happens, I guess. Well, 2024 is not too far away, mate. Still plenty of 2023 to go, though. And Richard's got one final question. I've, I've got well, I've got two. One okay. one this weekend. Um, you mentioned that you might struggle a little bit BOP-wise at QR, and the Audis have always been the car to beat traditionally at QR. And Liam's gone and got himself Garth Tander to drive with him for this weekend just to add some more spice to an already spicy field and Brock Feeney's back. But... How do you think you're going to go this weekend, and and how do you how do you get yourself and Yasser on top at what's going to be a pretty feisty weekend of racing? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be definitely hard based on what you just said. Then and the Audi's been actually given five kilos less than Sydney, so yeah, they've been given another free kick. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't done any testing there, and they were up there last week doing a day. So yeah, definitely, all, it's all against us. But I mean, it's been the same all year. So I think. 
I think we'll be all right. Yes, there's, there's this tricky qualifying for Sunday, which you probably know about with the top 10 shootout. So yeah. the, the goal is just trying to save tyres, I guess, and, and scrape through into the 10 so um, so he can put his best foot forward because effectively the M's dictating where they're starting both of the races. So, um, yeah, I'm excited like anything. I mean, Garth's obviously a very good driver. I don't think Max Hoff is a bad driver at all. Um, <laughs> guys are right. I also don't think Richie Stenaway or or Jamie Winkup or Brock Feeney are, are any worse. So I think it, it's nothing changed. It's just another good good mix, mm. good person in the mix, right? So mm. we just got to execute and do everything correctly, and it should be should be the same as every other round. Yeah, well, I think I think to make the shootout, there's only eight or nine pros. So I, I think you're probably safe to get the car in that <laughs> top ten shootout, and then. Yeah, an AM driver shootout's going to be really interesting. Like that, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those guys do with the pressure of a, a one lap shootout with AM drivers to set the grid for race two. That's going to be good fun. That's live I, on. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I it agree. is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's yeah. going to be live on Stan Sport too, that top 10 shootout. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. My final question was uh, you're, you spend a lot of time at the Bend Motorsport Park and you are actually, as we speak, on a Tuesday evening there right now. So you may as well just move in, buy a timeshare there or something. Yeah, but, I need a house here, yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the real estate's not that bad in Tail and Bend, actually. You probably could invest. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask about a driving experience there that you get every now and then, which is to pound around that place in one of Yass's Formula Renault 3.5 V8s. Mm-hmm. And I reckon pound for pound, probably the quickest race car over a lap in Australia <laughs> at the moment. Can you please yep. tell me what that's like to drive at the bend, in particular that downhill sequence, turn seven, eight, nine, ten, all the aero stuff? Yeah, it's obviously a mega car. I like exactly what you said. I think it'd be the quickest car in Australia for sure. There's some F1 cars here, but for a reliable, fast car, Gibson V8, very similar to LMP2 engine, uh, amazing really. Uh, when we when he first got them. Um, it was more of a challenge of where can you have the DRS open? What corners can you go flat through with the DRS open? Um, but yeah, so through on the on a good day with a good wind, a certain direction, that whole section's flat. So you're flat from exit exit six to you know into eleven effectively. So wow. it's it's close to four G for about four seconds, about three point eight, three point nine G. So it's a proper car. And you can have the DRS open to basically turn nine, so halfway down the hill before you need that's, to shove it. That's insane. Very and, and good. Very impressive. From a lap time point of view, for those that have seen Carrera Cup there or supercars, what's the lap time roughly you, you're doing in a in the Renault 3.5? Yeah, like 32s, minute Far 32. Out. So we're looking at, you know, Carrera Cup 50s, I guess, 4950, yeah. something like this, supercars yeah. 4950. Yeah, so um, occasional 18 car. seconds a lot quicker. <laughs> proper car, yeah. We we overlaid some data once just to just to have a laugh, really, and it's just <laughs> it looks like a go kart versus that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I've seen it around there, Shebex. It's one of the great sounding race cars <laughs> as well. It's very would be very, very good cool. at Bathurst that car. It would. Well, there's an opportunity for that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to. Win, win Yasser a championship and he might let you steer it there. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to uh to do a 40-something at Bathurst would be pretty oh, cool. Gee, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't like, it? It would too, yeah. Shebex. It would. Nice work, mate. Excellent. Yeah, good on you, go. Thanks for your Beautiful. time, mate. All the best Thanks, for the remainder of 2023. Thanks so much. Garnet Patterson joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next. 
on the grid. And we welcome Mark Walker to the podcast. Hello, Mark. Hello, Tony Shebecki. Lads, how, how good is motorsport? Oh, well, motorsport's great. How good was the historics up at Winton? Uh, we'll talk about that later, won't we? All right, we will. Oh, I feel like a hot coming on. Yeah. Well, it might be not. You don't know, do you? <laughs> no, I don't think it will it be. It could be a what? <laughs> I don't think it will be. Uh, did did we learn something from young Garnett Patterson? Isn't he a ripper young bloke? Um, fast racing car driver, really, really accomplished, very professional, does a lot of driver training and coaching, and you can tell yeah. that by the way he speaks. But um, he's a ripper young bloke, and, yeah, hopefully more people in this part of the world pay attention. I, I reckon he'd be properly good in a supercar, but um, I'd love more so for him to have a crack at some more LMP2 stuff and overseas stuff like he was talking about. And... Um, if Manti EMA come back for another 12-hour campaign next year, they could do far worse than putting uh, young Garnett in one of their cars for that race as well. Eight, 18 years I've been doing this show on the grid, either on radio or as a podcast form, and mm-hmm. I've probably done 45 shows a year. Mm-hmm. So that probably works out to close to nearly 800 shows, maybe nearly 900, mm-hmm. Good math. which probably means that I've interviewed maybe... 600, 700 different people over the time. Yep. And I don't reckon I've had too many drivers that I could say weren't good Yeah, at, at speaking. It's just something that is inbred in motor racing is that young guys and girls learn very early how to treat the media and deal with the media, and they're fantastic with it. I don't know if inbred's the right word. Bred in. Not, you know what but... I mean. Yes. No, I do. And, and more so now than ever, you have to be a good communicator, don't you? Because 100%. 80% of your job as a professional race car driver is to go and sell the fact you're a race car driver so someone else will pay for it. <laughs> and outside of that, the driving takes care of itself. So you sort of have to communicate well. And um, those that don't are very quickly uh, found out and, and in a lot of occasions um, end up being pushed aside. Not all of those, though. Not all of them. Some of them get through. But, yeah, but they're just... On talent alone. Yeah, which is fine. You hmm. need some of that. Well, exactly. Builders. Now he's been uh, he's been reined in up at the Gold Coast, Mark, which is pretty sad, isn't it? I I was getting photos earlier of him at the pub, so I think his life's not too shabby. Oh, look, I'm not complaining, but uh, back-to-back weekends at Queensland Raceway, and the great Gary O'Brien of Arrival Podcast, uh, and I used to do this back in the day of the Shannon's Nationals. Um, when the Shannon's Nationals and the supercars would be on back-to-back, we'd just pop down the Gold Coast. Um, so I decided to bring that back, just on my own. But, um, yeah, the GC weather's been decidedly un-GC. In fact, my understanding is it was warmer at Winton last weekend than it's been up here all week. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, but uh, which is not something I ever thought I'd ever say in the world. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there are worse things in life, Shebex, than uh, spending a, a week between two car race meetings uh, on the uh, coast of gold. Yes, one of the worst things in life was when the gentleman we knew sold his place on the Gold Coast. Yes, well, we had free, lovely accommodation. but uh, yeah, it's anyway. fantastic get, up there. Get, get the Even if you did have to look, look at yourself in a lot of mirrors. Well, <laughs> where's this going, mate? No, no. Just... <laughs> Nowhere. Let's that's talk un- about that's some... unlocked a memory there. Yeah, that's, Jeez, that's uh, it has, hasn't it? Uh, uh, I'd explain, to... I'd explain, dear listener, but uh, it's no, just too don't, hard. no, that's not it's that's for hard. another podcast. Mm. Yeah, uh, take us through QR last week. Uh, Shannon's trophy series at Queensland Raceway. Do you know what it was? It was just really cool. It was just a laid back, old school, national level race. Meaning that felt 
felt like, like a grown up club meeting. And there was some cool cars there. there. And we went and stood on the fence and watched a sports sedan race. Gosh. And I'm not going to say any more about it because the hots are coming up later in the program. But <laughs> um, it was just great. So no, thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, was up there with the Workhorse Radical Cup Australia series, which was really good. Um, and did a bit of stuff for Australian Formula Open, which is actually going along quite nicely. Series for Formula 3 and Formula 4 cars. They had some nice. really good racing. So um, thoroughly enjoyable weekend. The lads at Blendline TV did a nice job on the live stream, which was good fun. And um, yeah, just a really laid back, pleasant race meeting in nice weather and um, with some cool racing cars. So thoroughly enjoyable. How were the uh, hysterics down at Winton, Mark? Uh, solid. Yeah, solid. We'll get to that. Before we get until the hot and not so. I've got to save something. I've got the, I've got the problem. The problem with the show where it's reached now is that we save everything for the hots and knots. There's, we sort of may as well just go straight from a guest into hots and knots because none of us want to give away our good stuff in the general chit chat that we have. <laughs> there has been stuff happen. Did you notice that uh, Connor from Vat Sleuth won mm. the prize for the news story of the year? Congratulations, Connor. Yep, he broke that and broke it hard. Will Brown uh, reportedly off to Triple Eight Race Engineering. Now, there's been uh, we must say there's been no quotes throughout the story. Oh no, yeah. it's it's a it's a news story, so it's yeah. it's not official yet. But um, yeah, it, it they generally don't push the button on these things, Jebex, unless no, they come from sure. a pretty good no, source. So yeah. Um, yeah, it could it could well be the breaking news story of the year, and what a story that is! It's a good replacement, isn't it, for SVG? If you're going to, I mean, Will Brown's been in front of him in the championship for most of the year so far. So get the guy that's beaten your driver. Why not? So it's interesting from multiple fronts. First of all, who thought that there was an A-grade driver on the market? But here we are and mm. things can happen, don't they? I mean, Betty has let other drivers go in the past. Will Davison had a contract there. David Reynolds had nine years left on his contract. Yeah. So uh, contracts... Uh, can be broken if you're at Erebus Motorsport, apparently. Um, be interesting to see how the rest of this year plays out because, I mean, sort of alternating rounds. Will goes well, Brody goes well. Are they going to maintain the rage all the way to the finish of the year? Is Will still going to be in the conversation? Is he going to get treated equally to Brody in this run home? It's going to be very interesting. And it's interesting too, that whole, stepping down essentially to a triple eight car. You know, I, I understand <laughs> yeah. you'd understand the attraction of wanting to drive for triple eight and their body of work over the past 15 years. Mm. But in this current climate, it's sort of funny, isn't it? You know, that Erebus Coca-Cola racing team, they've got a bit of a mojo about them, haven't they? They've got a really good combination and everything sort of clicking for them this season. And to walk away from that must be a, a pretty tough thing for Will. Yeah. yeah. It's a big call. If, if indeed it, it happens, but you can understand the appeal and, and the, probably the thought going through your mind is can Erebus sustain the rage? We've seen other mm. teams pop up before and challenge and beat triple eight and then, then drop off just because they don't have that team's relentless rate of development and um, continual improvement. So there'd be a bit of that. I wonder if there's a bit of pay packet motivation involved, which is something that these drivers have to think about as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of variables in it, and and going a year early is potentially very very interesting. It's a it's a big call to make. 
I, I wonder if some of the extracurricular stuff that T8 do and are continuing to expand further into, so GT Racing in Asia that Brock Feeney's been doing and um, Australian you know, Fanatec GT Australia as well. There's there's lots of things that Triple Eight have got fingers in that open up opportunities. There's Mercedes AMG customer racing, all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's played a role as well because Will is a guy that likes to drive other things. He'll be in a TCR car again this weekend. I like the the theory behind a Will Brown Brock Feeney team. If you're the yeah. marketing folk at Red Bull, you'd probably appreciate that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how that team. It's almost a complete 180 in their driver lineup, isn't it? In in Jamie and Shane, you had uber serious. Yeah, you know, Jamie quite amiable at times, but could be pretty feisty. Um, and Shane, Shane, to having two absolute, I think we all agree, legends in Feeney and Will Brown, um, knockabout blokes, country lads, um, love a laugh, great approach to life, fiery when they need to be, bloody good racing car drivers, but. Yeah, it's um, it's a marketer's dream for sure, and and mm. I wonder how much Red Bull played a role in that as well, because I'm sure they had some input into who ends up driving that car, because they're the the best marketing company in motorsport, so they want to have a role in that. I would have thought. I actually thought GT was putting his hand up for the drive with the amount of driving that he's been doing or are set to do. Well, over the next yeah, couple of months. I mean, you'd go worse than putting Garth Tanner back in a car full time, but at the same time, you've got to look at look at some long term future planning. And, and that's the thing with Will and Brock, isn't it? You've got two guys there that probably that you could actually see in supercars for 15 years, couldn't you? Because while I'm sure they've got aspirations to drive other things, they do sort of strike you as, oh, yeah, they'll be there for life kind of drivers and, and be the, the next massive heroes of the sport that are there for a long time, like a Will Davo. So um, if you could lock those two in and know that that could potentially be a driver light up for the next 10 years, probably pretty happy with life, I would have thought. I suppose the other piece to this puzzle too is the SVG, you know, he's gone, isn't he? If he's been replaced, if they've signed up Will Brown, that means that he's absolutely gone. And subsequent to last week's episode, he's signed up to do the truck race this weekend at Lucas Oil Raceway there in Indianapolis. It's the short oval across town. It's um, a bit bigger than a half mile track. It's a bit over a kilometre long, but um, he's just going straight in the deep end there. Um, decent team he's with nice motorsport it's like a track house sort of setup mm. it's a good team they've won three races this year with carson hosova they won the most recent race at richmond which was also a short oval so you'd think these guys have got a decent grasp on what they're doing there so he'll have some decent kip behind him uh how will he go who the hell knows that the truck races are absolute dead set potluck carnage sort of mm. thing so you know even if he doesn't have any dramas of his own, he's likely to find some drama from somewhere else in the field. We'll, we'll find him sort of thing. So mm. it's going to be interesting. I haven't seen if it's going to be broadcast anywhere. It'd be a, a Saturday day race here, Friday night over there, Saturday day here. So hopefully either someone comes to the party, whether uh, KO have rights to it and they've never bothered to enact it or mm. NASCAR comes to the party and puts it on YouTube or something like that. Um, remain to be seen, but uh, that'll be interesting, I think. I think what's impressive about that is is that his uh, sponsor for the main race has actually come over to the truck race too, haven't they? Uh, no, it's actually one of Trackhouse Racing's normal sponsors, Worldwide oh, okay, Express, cool. uh, from Ross Chastain's car. And that's another piece of that whole puzzle over there at the moment because that team has signed up Bush 
uh, beer to sponsor Ross Chastain next year. So you'd think that there'd be a level of sponsorship made available from that, that they've already got on the books that they might be able to swing SVG's way if there's some sort of program that's going to be put together for him. So if he goes watch there. that space. If he goes there, or he, he, might just be, he might just be retiring from supercars well, like he's done it before. Well, so. no, I mean, if he goes to Trackhouse, not if he goes to America. We all know he's going Everything's to sort of looking that way, isn't it, though? Yeah, it is, but, but some... it was made fairly clear after after that first race that there are several opportunities on the table. Mm. And if okay. you weren't, if you were any of those teams, you'd be mad not to at least reach out and have a discussion. So, um, and sure, yeah, surely Trackhouse would be, Justin Marks is a smart guy, clearly. He's good at life. So, um, if he goes goes to track house, does he run the 91 car full time or does that still stay in the well? It doesn't have a charter, it doesn't have a Mm. charter, so it's not guaranteed um, money or a start anyway. Like, it's pretty much only Daytona 500 where you'll have to race yourself in, but uh, uh, yeah, and charters are very, very expensive, they're sort of a 20 million dollar thing before you even get to the point of tipping in $20 million worth of sponsorship to make a cup deal work, you know, whether it's an Xfinity deal or whatever, you know, clearly that's something that they'll work on, but um, that's going to be interesting. Then Monday at uh, the big track there in Indianapolis, uh, Brody and Shane racing in the cup series. We'll uh, find out um, who the early birds in Australia are. 4am kickoff for that. Good luck, everyone. Mm. I mean, that's right in my prime time, so... Yeah, it is. You're, you've been up for four hours by the time that starts. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah You could yeah. tune in at 7 a.m. and they would have only done 30 laps. Well, that's that's the beauty of NASCAR, <laughs> Shebex, is you, you can. Exactly right. You are 100% correct, which is outstanding. It's going to be interesting. It's a big weekend at Indianapolis. Um, Scotty Mack in great form in the Indy car. The Penske cars have always been really good on the road course there at IMS as well, so they'll be particularly good in the Indy car race, fresh off second at Nashville on the weekend, and then... Um, yeah, cup race early Sunday morning is going to be great fun. So really looking forward to it. Huge weekend. Massive. Yeah, big, big weekend coming up for Australian motorsport. Not necessarily in Australia, but right around the world. Well, in Australia as well, because the Speed Series is off to Queensland Raceway. Yeah. So back-to-back events up here uh, in at QR, which is excellent. And um, it's a place that people are looking forward to going to again now, which is really cool because of all the work that's been done. And um, it's a properly good race meeting too. There's a lot, lot in the program and some really good tasty additions to the field. So to summarise, uh, Tim Slade will drive the Lincoln Co. Ash Seawood Motorsport car in TCR. So that's exciting. Will Brown back in that field. So that's a net gain for TCR as everyone tries to beat the Hyundais. Hyundais have never finished better than fourth at Queensland Raceway in a race. Fun fact. That's... Mm. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bit of pressure on the cars that are one and two in the TCR championship to um, continue onwards. Trans Am, 21 cars, good fields, as race is always. Um, Moff and Lockie Dalton locked together at the top of the standings. Nash Morris back, which is going to be good fun. Um, Porsche Spring Challenge, Nash is back in that as well. So he's going to be a busy boy because um, he's committed to the final three rounds of Spring Challenge after that brilliant weekend uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park, which is really cool to see. So that's going to be good fun at a track that is the testing venue for about 80% of the field. So Earl Bamba, McElray's um, and Techworks all test at Queensland Raceway and there are a lot of laps at that place in cup cars. So they're all going to be really good. Um, Sonic, I think, might be holding on, although I'm sure they'll be just as quick as always. So Sprint Challenge is going to be great. 
Um, and 37 cars in Australian Thanks. production cars in GT4, which is pretty pretty impressive field. Nine GT4 cars. Oh, fight the night. Fighting, fighting in the field. night. The yeah. fight in the night, which is... Um, which is one of the races that's not broadcast, and it never has been broadcast oh, that no, race a, as long it's as it's been absolutely going. Absolutely amazing. That I would love to see broadcast. Um, there have been some absolute belters at that race. Mark's been there for some of them, and um, yeah, I've, I've done a couple with uh, mm. Darren Smith up there. And uh, you know, the, I think the yeah. only reason it would be is because the lighting isn't fantastic for TV. Well, but and but that's also what makes it really cool is that it's a proper for, night race. Yeah, it's, it's no Sydney Motorsport Park, so temporary lighting on the apex and the safety points and that's it. So it makes production cars, which aren't the quickest things in the world. It actually makes them look bloody fast, which is great. Yeah. One of my favorite memories from, it wasn't even favorite memory. One of my memories from that race was the Suzuki Swift that barrel rolled at turn four. And all you yes. saw were these lights <laughs> going, going yes. around in circles yeah. Yeah. through no, the air. No one really knew what was going on. Yeah. There's been some crackers. The fight in the night's been, um, been really good. Yeah. There's been occasion it's been the fraught in the naught, but, um, What's your thoughts on Queensland Raceway now with all the improvements that's gone on there? Stand by. Okay, cool. Stand by. Listen. Good, good, good chat this week, lads. We're yeah, really we nailing it. Well done. There we go. Let's get straight into it. Hots and knots. I don't think we've got anything else to talk about, have we? Well, we'll go Tander back in the GTs, as we touched on earlier, um, driving with Liam Talbot. That's formidable. Brock Feeney back uh, alongside Jeffrey Ibrahim, the Prince, and. Um, uh, J-Dub driving with Abu Ibrahim and the other Prince in the Triple Eight cars. Uh, the Juice Ojeda in the Harold's Merck. So the, the World Challenge field is great. And the top 10 shootout we talked about, it's going to be really good fun for them was as that well. Your, but, was that your hot or not? Or was that you just No, that was me finishing the point before I was rudely yeah, interrupted okay. by the hots and knots. Hots. Uh, well, I'll start. Please. With Queensland Raceway. Gets a hot. Mm. Um, continues to evolve and grow uh, every year you'd go to that place back in the day and it would be exactly the same as it was the year before just slightly more depressing but now the second time we've been there since the quinification of the place and um queensland raceway is even better um massive new shade structure over the massive new corporate and garages at the pit exit end of the lane and that is outstanding very, very good. At no point does it get sun on it. So even on the hottest of hot days or the wettest of wet days, that is going to be a really good place to watch car racing. And it's a really big roof deck up there. I could see that for bigger events being used for corporates. Like if supercars ever went back, I'd put the paddock club out there. That'd be an amazing atmosphere. Um, really well done. The most important thing though, we all know Quinny loves a good blue. Brand new toilets at the pit entry end of pit oh, lane up behind the dummy grid. Excellent. They were always the most rancid, awful places mm-hmm. to go. And there is a brand new facility up there that is worthy of the hots alone. So well done, TQ and the team at Queensland Raceway. It's really good. And a special mention to the canteen there. They mm. have really, they are some of the best racetrack food going around at the moment and reasonably well-priced as well. So uh, a little bit of credit there. Hot sports dance. Now, I could put a full stop after that, but I'll expand on it because there were three races over the weekend at the Trophy Series. And they were all great, but there was one race where the great Tony Riccadello was taking on Jordan Caruso in the John Goulet Audi A4 and Stephen Tomasi in the black Holden Calibra, which still spouts, um, spouts six feet flames at the back of it. 
uh, every time it gets off the throttle. And they went at it for 15 laps at absolute lap record pace. And Caruso set a lap record as well. So they were going as hard as the sports and ever has around that place. And it was just epic. And I stood on the fence and watched that race and watched it as a punter. And it was just incredibly satisfying. Proper, pure, old school motorsport. Sports sedan racing is fantastic. Really good. Uh, the Shannon's Trophy Series gets a little bit of a hot because it's just a really cool laid back. It felt like Shannon's Nationals 2007-8 spec, which anyone who was around in that area, as Mark will attest, uh, it was enjoyable, right? Mm. Very cool. Uh, quality journalism gets a hot. We touched on Connor breaking the story about Will Brown. Good job. That That's an outstanding piece of journalism work. We like it. Uh, we've talked about India. I had that on my hot list, but I think we've covered that off. Um, a hot to IndyCar for A, getting through a Nashville race that wasn't an utter debacle. Uh, B, moving the IndyCar finale to Nashville um, because the finale in IndyCar is traditionally quite good. It's not going to be this year. Alex Plow is going to win the title before they get to Laguna Seca. But uh, traditionally, they have a pretty good title showdown and it gets, it's been a bit lost at Laguna Seca. No one really goes. They're going to move it to Nashville. The new track's going to run right down Broadway, which is great. And I think it'll give IndyCar the big ballsy finale at a major event kind of thing that they need to have. So that is a hot for me. And and I know Mark's going to disagree with me on this. I think the new track is going to be really good. It you know me the, very well. You yeah, know I do. me so well. It keeps the bridge, which is the hallmark of that race over and back over the river there. Um, straight circuits always look boring on paper for the most part. But everyone said Detroit was going to be rubbish this year and it actually turned in one of the better IndyCar races of the season. So let us not judge the revised Nashville layout, which, by the way, is being done out of necessity, not out of desire because they're bulldozing the the Nashville. I, I did this last week. I have no idea what their sporting franchise is called, but the Nashville local team, they're bulldozing the stadium, building a new one. Racetrack has to go. Anyway, I think that's a hot, very good stuff. Um, Scott McLaughlin gets a hot as well. His pole lap at Nashville was just nuts. He reckoned it was one of his best pole laps he's ever done. I'd agree with that. Shame he couldn't quite get the job done in the race, but P2 for Scotty. He's fourth in the championship now, um, just behind Scott Dixon. And uh, with the Indy road course coming up where the Penske cars have always been really good, there's a very good chance Scotty could be P3 in the title race uh, with just a couple of races to go. So that is definitely an hot. Next. My hot, and I only have one because there is nothing hotter than this. Uh, you've made some very good hot points, Richard, and I know Mark will make some very good points after me. Five, five, three, zero. That is hot. Because that is the number of days that it will be since motor racing happened to call to park. Oh. It is happening this weekend. The Victoria Motor Racing Series is racing a call to park, the first race there for 5,500 and 30 days. It's going to be excellent. Uh, I won't be there. I'll be at Sandown myself watching the Victorian State Racing Series. I don't know why they would have it on the same weekend because I think that's probably my knot coming very, very bloody early. You've only just thought of that knot. I, I can see that for those that aren't initiated, we record this on Zoom. And you could see this wave of comprehension across Tony's face at that moment when he realised that they were on the same weekend. Bagarous! <laughs> Two-litre sports sedans, Victoria and Hyundai XL. Uh, Stock Cars Australia 
with a uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. car racing around there, Mark. That's going to be fantastic. Victorian, Victorian Formula Race Series, Victorian Super TT. It's yeah, it just doesn't stop. Hyundai's, all that sort of stuff. Would be love to be at Calder Park this weekend, but I'll be at Sandown. Are, are you going, fellow Victorian, or uh, will you be at Sandown as well? Look, I might bypass all of them and go to the motor car and pack them. So. <laughs> Which I imagine segs nicely into your hot list. But uh, before before we move on, mm-hmm. how great is it though to have racing back a quarter? No, it's good. I'll, I'll tell you after Saturday. Yeah, no. yes, exactly. <laughs> and, it and might actually be an awful idea. There's going to be a parade around the Thunderdome as well of all the cars, which is be cool. done, Watch your front splitter. Or hmm. your um, mates, or your mates' legs. <laughs> yeah, well, we've all been run over on the Thunderdome, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, we've all got stuff going on. Um, look, motorsports hot. Blanket mm-hmm. hot for motorsport. Wow. Um, following well, last thanks week. Thanks for your hots, Mark. We really appreciate that. Nicely no, done. <laughs> we really went there. Uh, following mm-hmm. last week's chocolate-related blowout on this very podcast, listener and Race Talk sponsored athlete Shane Fowler has sent us a photo of his cupboard full of Whitaker's peanut slab oh, chocolates. Yes. Oh. Mm. Does yeah. anyone got an address? I, I don't have well, Um, I And he'll be at QR this weekend. So I'm, as will the Whitaker's sponsored car. Mind, so they'd better, wow. they'd better pony up. I will be sending the Alabama Motorsport PR a version of this podcast. Um, that all it will say is Whitakers, and um, they will need to step up. Could you please attach our addresses, all yes, three? Certainly, I don't, I don't really said need Whitakers. It. I'm pretty fat, you don't need um, it, but you want it. Did you see that supercars have teamed up with the train people to put on a vintage train to this year's Bathurst 1000? Pretty oh, cool. cool concept, you know, get a great view along the route to, you know, through the beautiful Blue Mountains on a beautiful old train and avoids that Monday morning traffic snail back over the hill. Uh, good Was stuff. A jazz band? Hopefully a jazz band on there. You'd assume it'd have to be, it'll just be an impromptu one, if not. Not jazz. Um, yeah, good stuff. Personally, a slow moving train sounds bloody horrible because I want to be in Bathurst now, damn it. <laughs> but anyway... Mm. Um, hot goes to Matt Campbell, who had a win in the IMSA prototypes there at Road America. He kicked off the race for the team there, led the field by 10 seconds at the end of his stint, and his co-driver just brought it home. How good is that? Like, our mm. little buddy is <laughs> over there kicking ass in North American prototypes when North American prototypes are so hot right it's now. Out of peak. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's gotten there in talent and talent line which is a cool thing driving for the factory porsche team and roger penske what a life he's leading <laughs> uh, and as you said scotty p2 second second and three races p4 finishing fast in the indycast so uh, good for you scotty another win will be on the cards there um has red bull printed packaging with max verstappen joined on the cardboard by daniel ricardo i assume that's not going to be sold in mexico mm. is it <laughs> um, and on Calder, good move this week by the AMRS to move their final round at Calder to the yes. week after the Adelaide 500 with Saturday night racing. Yes. So I'm uh, I'm absolutely here for that. Oh, oh sorry. Almost forgot uh, Winton Festival of Speed. Um, <laughs> specifically, the Group 5 Motocana. I was a very proud member of the Pakenham Auto Club contingent. And I mean... We probably didn't win the outright classification on minor details, like, you know, not being fast enough. <laughs> but I'm guessing we won the having fun race by about six laps. Um, 
best 25 bucks I've ever spent. And in hindsight, I wish they called it off after the first test because I would have won my class. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway, um, look, the, it was another event broadcast by our friends at Blendline. They were everywhere in the weekend and mm. uh, they snuck in a few minutes of coverage at the start of their Saturday show. Uh, now, when this happened, I could very clearly hear it over the PA that, oh, now we're going over to the Motocana. Mm. And it was just as I was lining up for the sixth test of the day. It was one called Triangles. Now, look, Motocana is all about driving skill, but I reckon it's more of a test of memory mm. and learning an opposite course that you've never navigated before. It's horribly cerebral. And I'm a naturally born dumb as dog poo person. Like mm. I'm not that bright. So it's a silly thing for me to try and do. Triangles. It loops upon itself multiple times. There's 11 instructions you've got to follow and you've been looking at it for five minutes. So it's a hard thing to do. And I semi-committed to just tootling around and looking at the map and probably getting lost and looking like a bit of a tool. But then I, I just got caught up in the moment and I just went for it and I nailed it and I didn't look like a complete tool on TV. Well so that was hot. And it was also hot that I got to... um do it in a reckless brewing company. <laughs> Which, what other matters? What are you going to do that? So, mm. um, that was a drive around a triangle. Is that what it is? No, oh, no, it was just, it was what they called it. Triangles, T R Y angles. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, special mention of the historic group S's. Then the lead pack, there were Porsches, Corvettes and a pesky MG midget, which will probably inspire Richard to drag an MG midget out of the shed. No, we don't own a midget, but we've got a we've got a MG ready for that kind of stuff. So yeah, Good. we might have to bring one over. You know, it was perfect for half the track and got absolutely hosed on the other half of the track. Mm. Uh, and it was so funny the mirror driving from the Porsches coming into the first boob, trying to hold this MG out. It was just, you, you know, it's that motorsport where oh, strengths and weaknesses. It was absolutely that, and it was perfect. So uh, that was really good. And finally, my final hot for the weekend was all those motors motor car skills coming in handy as I dodged the two biggest kangaroos you've ever seen in your life. Well done. And uh, I could tell you they were boys because their boy bits nearly got caught up in my windscreen wipers. <laughs> Ouch. It was really good driving. Very good. Not, Very not, good. not. Uh, I've actually got one bonus hot that I did forget. Uh, and the Matildas. Mark... No, no, no. Um, that Mark prompted me talking about the Winton Festival Speed was friend of the show, Will Liston. Oh, We'll list on who finished third in historic Formula Fords, but more importantly, has posters. So Will Liston has, and his name is on the poster three times because it's Liston Motorsport, List Tech Motorsport in a List Tech Formula Ford with Will Liston driving. Uh, so he has a poster okay. of himself with his name on it three times and we're getting autographed copies. They will be provided to the race talk. And you, dear listener, will be able to secure yourself one as well. Will doesn't know it yet, but he will be providing them. So, uh, but the fact that he delivered. Now, if you've got posters of yourself in a car named after your family, you'd better bloody well get on the podium. Yeah. So well done, William. He got himself on the podium. That is an outstanding result. Well, when I went down to the pits after the Sunday morning race, I swear he's going through data, which seems terribly unhistoric. (laughs) Is that cheating? (laughs) Well, look. He's got a poster. Cool. That's all it had some data back in those days, did they? No. No, No, Computers weren't invented yet. 
not not small ones to put in a formula forward. Uh, not uh, a couple of quick ones. No media centric Queensland Raceway anymore, mm. which is a bit irritating when you need to do media. Um, it's been taken over by an motorsport publication that is based in Queensland and now at Queensland Raceway. No, the only representation they had at the circuit was Gary O'Brien, but um, which was excellent because he's a great person. Um, and not sports sedans need to be bigger than they are. Uh, they it's such a cool category. They are so good cars, fragile, cantankerous, precious, absolutely. But my god, when they are at VMAX, they it is some of the best racing yeah. that there's ever been. Um, my other not, and, and I, I didn't have many this week, but one big one was I got back to my accommodation from Queensland Raceway on Saturday evening. Sunday evening, I should say, and the British MotoGP was on. Always good race, Silverstone. Bikes are great. Uh, I don't watch much bikes this year, but um, for reasons that are commercial related due to their arrangement with the Warner Disney conglomerate of broadcasting, uh, Fox have changed their broadcast feed that they take for MotoGP and it's changed to BT Sport which is now called TNT Sport, as if it wasn't confusing enough. Hmm. Um, and while uh, the, you get hosts now, and it's a bit like Sky F1 in that respect, uh, it also means that the commentary has changed. And we used to get the World Fed commentators, and they're two blokes. They both called the race, and they had Simon Crayfar, the New Zealander, doing pit rain reporting. And it was great. They really sold it. Um, and one of the great frustrations for mine on Sunday night was that the final race were three blokes in the commentary box. And one of the, the biggest things that I've learned in my career, and I've just used that folks in inverted commas um, for whatever it is, is don't talk over everybody else in the commentary box. Mm. And we're all guilty of it every now and then it happens. But the last lap, which was epic, by the way, last lap passed for the lead was ruined by the people in the commentary box just all yelling all at once. Um, and it was that's really, just unprofessional. Yeah, it was really disappointing. It's totally after unprofessional. MotoGP commentary and the broadcast has always been outstanding. So, um, that talking was over the top of people, Tony. Yeah, that shouldn't happen, yeah, Mark. Exactly. Yeah, I understand that. Right, yeah, excellent. Right. Um, so, but I was just, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the old guys, and it, and it changed, um, it changed MotoGP, and it was not for the better. It was such a good product. So, uh, that was a not for mine. Um, it, it disenhanced my Sunday evening viewing. Yeah. That's Mine not belongs to the fact that not only are they now racing on the same weekend as Calder, but the Victorian State Racing Series races this weekend, as I mentioned earlier, at Sandown, improved production, saloon cars, Porsche 944 Challenge, Good Formula series. Fords, Formula Vs, BMWs, and Vic V8s. It's Wednesday now. Practice starts on Friday. The meeting is the 11th to the 13th of August, and not one bit of information has actually been handed out by the organisers, to anybody. We do not know any of the sub-regs for the event. We do not know any of the schedule for the event, which starts on mm -hmm. Friday, only two days away. Our competitors in Formula 4 don't know what garages they're in. Nothing, which they would normally have to bump in on a Thursday, which is only two days away. What the hell is happening? Of course, what you've just done is guaranteed that by the time this podcast drops, all that information will be out. Because yeah, I've, of the, the, the I've seen the timetable already. I'm putting it out by midnight tonight. It's going out within two hours. The TRT news curse 
is that... Well, no, it won't be a curse. I want the bloody information. Well, exactly. So if it but comes out, great. If yeah, I you, you've it just guaranteed it. You've Fantastic. just guaranteed it. Exactly. Mark. Look, last week in this segment, uh, Richard, you mentioned telecommunications bosses on social media, media being a standing knot. Yes. Uh, look, I'm not going to not old mate. I'm going to not social media platform algorithms, which think that I want to look at his stuff. Mm. Seriously, I don't want to give it oxygen because it only encourages them. It only breeds further negativity in the fan base and how, you know, supercars is overflowing with negativity at the moment on its own. And the bad thing for the social platforms is when I see old mate post something, I scroll past it so fast. I typically miss about 10 more posts after it. So mm. everyone loses out of the algorithms doing a poor job. Um, speaking of the internet, one that has been rolling around in my Facebook feed of late has been a circuit racing XL being advertised for sale at the rather crisp price of $50,000. Oh, what? Yeah. This is a Formula One XL. It must be a good one. Like, I remember yeah. back 2016, we won the Nationals, or Cam Wilson won the Nationals up at Morgan Park with a car that um, didn't have coil over suspension you know it was a dirty old dunger probably about a 10 grand car sort of thing it'll be interesting where the car where the class goes from here because you can build cars for a lot less than that but if people think that cars are worth fifty thousand dollars from now on it's um probably going to have a limited lifespan isn't it um in nashville it was every driver's worst nightmare when will power was missing his earbuds <laughs> before the start of the race mm -hmm. it was it was like the recurring dream of being locked in the toilet and not being able to find the grid. So uh, fortunately for Willie, he was able to get out there a bit late, but uh, that was absolutely suboptimal. And um, Richard, yeah, you're right. That Nashville track, it's hot and not. It's going to be hot, but it's a bit not. It's uh, They say it's seven turns. It's actually five, which mm. to put in perspective is one more than Indianapolis and one less than <laughs> Queensland Raceway. <laughs> So not a not a lot of imagination went into that one. And did you see what they did with the pits? Mm. Like yeah. you thought that the pits in Detroit were silly. This is just going to, it's not going to work. It's physically not going to work. The pits in Detroit work brilliantly. Have you seen how this yeah, is going to, yeah, it's not going to work. It's yeah, actually not going to work. It'll be fine. It's just going to be a what up. They're just going to all jam together as they're trying to get around that hairpin. But it, it yeah. is. The, they are running the IndyCar race down Broadway in Nashville past all the cool. Well, yeah, on that. So, that. so the, the track now goes past Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse, the Johnny yep. Cash Museum, the Acme Feed and Seed, the Redneck Riviera Bar and Barbecue, right. Jason Aldean's Kitchen, Margaritaville, and down one of the escape roads is Tootsie's, which is a NASCAR <laughs> sponsor. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Amazing. And uh, finally, speaking of food, uh, Pizza Hut withdrawals are real. Yeah. A real thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can uh, it happens. Mm. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the remainder of your week up in Queensland, Richard. Looking forward to getting to QR. It's going to be a banging weekend, this Speed Series round. Live on Stan Sport, free-to-air TV. For those of you that bitch and moan that there's no free-to-air TV, Channel 9, uh, go this weekend, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Live car racing. GTs, live Beautiful. for an hour. Free-to-air. Is uh, the Pakenham Motocana going to be live on free-to-air TV, Mark? No, but it's free admission for all the spectators. who Even just as good. And uh, Blendline TV for Sandown as well. Yes. 
and I'll uh, catch you at the Victorian State Series, which will be on Blendline as well uh, from Sandown, if I'm now allowed in after Good luck with that. Last yes. 10 minutes. Uh, catch you guys next week. Catch you next week. Thanks for joining us right here on The Grid.